what's going on you are now tuned in to cover 32 you got jordan you got drew and we're here for another episode jordan what's going on bro what i do baby nothing much bro happy friday happy friday yo yeah so whenever y'all listen to this we're recording this on friday if you wanted to know but we got a good episode for y'all today we have we just did the quarterback episode if you haven't listened to that go ahead and listen uh share subscribe to the cover 32 podcast on itunes spotify whatever you listen to your podcast on go follow the page the cover 32 show on instagram but so we do we did the quarterbacks now we're moving on to the running backs so an exciting position to get into uh, a lot of heavy hitters obviously we know if you've been playing fantasy football for a while running backs are a big uh, hot commodity in the first round so a lot of fantasy value there so we'll get into that but first mm. we have some breaking news Um, this literally just came in just before we started uh, about the Washington football team's starting running back, Darius Geis. So it turns out that uh, we, we got just got the alerts. I'm sure you've heard it at this point, but Washington releases running back Darius Geis following domestic violence arrests. So not to get too much into the details, but he's turned himself in. Um, to Virginia police and uh, NFL.com has confirmed this charges of uh, strangulation which I guess is a felony uh, three counts of assault and battery and one count of destruction of property so he I guess has been advised that this is what he should do to turn himself in but as a fantasy football show uh, the moral of the story is that he has been cut by the Washington football team. He's hit. He's hit. <laughs> so, so uh, of course, we had to break in with this, and it's funny that we're doing a running back episode and a running back gets cut. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yep. Um, so, I'll let you uh, start us off, Jordan. What? First of all, what, what was your thought of Darius Geis going into the season? Not saying that he can't get picked up, but it's – He's probably going to jail or something like that, so we don't think he's going to get picked up. But what was your overall thought process going into the season about uh, Darius Geis? Yeah, so for me, Darius Geis, I wasn't high on him. I don't like Darius Geis one bit. Um, <laughs> aside from all this outside outer world drama, um, I didn't like him at all just because of his injury history. It seems like his availability has never been um, in favor of the uh, managers. Um, so I, n- I never liked Darius guys. I think he had, he was a good college talent, but in the NFL, he hasn't done anything. Um, but I did off of just his potential alone. I did have, have him ranked around, excuse me, around uh, 32. So he's with guys like um, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, um, so you're talking a strong flex running back. Um, so now without him being there, um, obviously that means that, uh, Adrian Peterson takes a step up, mm-hmm. but I don't think I want to give Adrian Peterson the same, the same treatment because at the end of the day, AP is a little bit older. Um, he's got a lot more wear and tear on him. So I don't, I haven't adjusted my rankings completely yet where I feel comfortable, but I don't think I'll be ranking AP at that same 32 spot. 
But um, I do think he does take a spot as a solid flex player now. Yeah, I agree. Um, Wasn't too high on Darius Geis this season um, or anything that the Reds, excuse me, that the Washington Washington football team, uh, you know, had on the docket for this season. Uh, Other than Terry McLaurin, it's really all you can speak about for us um, on fantasy football. But with the, the AP thing... Yeah, of course he moves up because now he's the one. Um, they did draft a running back, but I just don't – I don't know. That's kind of like a mess right now. It's yeah. a little too – and there's no preseason. Adrian Peterson is in season – what is it, 13 for him now? Yeah. And it feels like 113. Yeah. So, like, he's been, <laughs> he's been holding on for a good long while now. So, I don't know what – you're going to get out of an Adrian Peterson at this point. Um, but yeah, like I, I, same thing. I had guys around 33, 34. Um, so I guess we could slide Adrian Peterson into that spot in our, our running backs, uh, running back rankings. But because it's Adrian Peterson and his, his age and his, the, the amount of tread on his tires, I'd probably put him closer to 38, 39 type of range for running back rankings. Um, and because he's probably going into the season not really expecting to be a lead back. I don't know his training regimen or anything, but, you know, Darius Geist was supposed to be the guy. And now that he's not, I don't I don't know what we're going to get out of AP. I don't know what we're going to get out of that team. They don't even have a name right now. So, I, I you know, <laughs> mo- most of anything that's going on in Washington, I'm not really looking forward to. So that's just some some big news. So. Uh, we had to break that for you guys just to start off, uh, and it's convenient that we're doing a running back episode and some running back news breaks. Um, I am glad that it's not a player that's in like the top twenty, though. Yeah, that would be bad. We might have had to postpone this show. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start our rankings. Um, and again, me and Jordan, uh, both of our rankings do differ a little bit. We haven't heard uh, each other's rankings fully. Um, are some similarities and going to be some differences too, but we'll go through these. And then uh, at the end of the episode, we'll also touch on some guys that we think uh, might've been out of our top 12, um, but may, might have the potential to finish in the top 12. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get those done for you guys too. So, all right. So the first guy, um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, this is everybody's first running back off the board. We're going to go with, uh, Christian McCaffrey at one. So Jordan, I'm gonna let you start off. There's not a whole bunch that we need to talk about about Christian McCaffrey, but um, what's your opinion? What's what's your optimism about him staying in that number one spot? What do you what do you think is going on, with Christian McCaffrey this year? Yeah. So CMC obviously he gets the number one spot because of talent and workload. Um, he's going to have more work than he can ever desire. Um, on a team that your best player is DJ Moore, who I'm not, that's not a knock. Like, I think I like DJ Moore this year. Um, so, but there's nothing else. There's literally nothing else to the Carolina Panthers. So, um, CMC is going to be the face. He's going to be everything to this franchise. Um, so he's going to get that number one spot because not only is he going to have the workload, but he also does have the talent. Because he is a he's a good rusher, but he's a great receiver also. Oh my gosh! Um, 
So I like I said, I really don't feel like we we're gonna need to spend too much time on a couple of these guys because they're so good that we're just we're all we're doing is repeating what uh, you know other people think. Yeah, guys, don't. This is I don't even have to ask Jordan about this. From Cover Thirty Two as a as a company as a whatever we are, <laughs> just take Christian McCaffrey first. As the running back. Just I don't do know it. what type of league, but if it's running back, just take Christian McCaffrey first. Here's just a real quick. We're almost going to be done with him, but just to put into perspective what he did last year. So 16 games. So he played all 16 games as a lead running back, the best player on his team. You can't say that about a lot of running backs, but he's the best player on his team. 1,387 rushing yards, which is uh, 4.8 yards per carry last year. He had... 100 116 receptions as a Holy running back cow. 116 so if he was in a full PPR league last year at receiver he would finish receiver 8 Sheesh. on the which is which is absolutely bonkers like he had 116 catches in a 1005 yards and 19 touchdowns so like and there is another stat shout out to fantasy pros for this it says even if Derrick Henry has 2,000 rushing yards and 29 touchdowns last year, he still would have finished second to McCaffrey in terms of half PPR fantasy points. That's actually disgusting. So, yeah, that's just, and Derrick Henry was the rushing leader, mind you. So just take Christian McCaffrey. It's, not, it's kind of a no-brainer. There's no real reason to like, think twice about it. Like, yeah, you could be a fan of some other guys or whatever, or, oh, they don't have Cam now and whatever. Whatever situation you could think of. Don't think about it. Just take Christian McCaffrey at one. This is a consensus. This is probably the easiest number one pick we've had in a while. So just take him and move on. All right. And that's, that is that. I'm that sticking to it. <laughs> All right. So now we have uh, our second spot. So for me personally, and this might be Jordan's sentiment as well, but we have, or I have, Ezekiel Elliott at two. Now, this might rub people the wrong way because a lot of people got another running back that we haven't named yet. But I have Zeke. Um, and no, it's not because I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, Talent-wise, I would lean towards Saquon. I, I'm more of a fan of Saquon's running style and his ability. Um, I just like Zeke's situation a little bit better. It's kind of it's kind of flipping a coin, but if you're gonna get into the nitty gritty of fantasy football, I would be more a little bit more comfortable drafting uh, Zeke over Saquon. Uh, Jordan, who do you have and and why? Uh, so I also have Zeke. Um, like and just I, I share very similar sentiments as you. I think that Saquon is the better talent. But this season, I don't think that Saquon has the better opportunity. Zeke has definitely the better opportunities on the better team, better offensive line, better schedule. There's literally nothing stopping Zeke from being a better running back from a fantasy perspective than Saquon. Um, so obviously we could run this right into our number three pick, which yep. I think is we both agree is Saquon. Yep. Um, so the reason that I feel like Saquon takes number three over um, Zeke taking the number two spot. So if you really take a second and you look at the um, the Giants schedule, listen to this. Listen to the defenses that the Giants are going to play. 
Number one, week one, they play Pittsburgh. Hmm. Week two, they play Chicago. Week three, they play San Fran. Oh, my gosh, bro. Week four, they play the the Rams, which oh. is kind of middle of the pack, but still, they can beat you. You got Aaron Donald on there, so. <laughs> week five, they play Dallas, who I think is a great defense. Yep. Week six, they play Washington, who I think all they have is a defense. Week seven, they play Philly, who is an improved defense. Week eight, they play Tampa Bay, who is a very good front seven. Yep. Week nine, they play Washington again. Week 10, they play Philly again. And then they have a week 11 bye, and they finally get a break at week 12 <laughs> and play Cincy. But then, guess what? They play week 13, they play Seattle. So if you listen to that, it doesn't sound like the Giants are going to catch a break at all until at least week 12, and then they immediately go back into another tough game. I'm a little bit wary of any Giant player this season because of their schedule, but being that Saquon is their best player in such a raw talent, he still gets rated really highly, but I don't think that that's going to trump what Zeke is going to be able to do with his schedule. Yeah, I think because you can arguably arguably say that Saquon is the most talented running back in the NFL. Um, I personally think that it's just the 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 situation of the Giants and the how their schedule is set up. It's just not pretty. So, of course, I think like you. You could really, like I said earlier, you could flip a coin between Zeke and Saquon, to be honest with you. I just personally like the situation that Zeke has ahead of him to get more fantasy points. Because if you think, like, in a vacuum, if you think about the Dallas Cowboys offense, you think with the addition of C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and what he's been able to do, or what he was able to do last year, the weapons that they have on offense, aside from Ezekiel Elliott, you'll think, okay, that's turning into an air raid offense and they're going to throw it all over the place. Why would you put Zeke at at two or whatever? And th- you have to think about it in real football sense. Just because you have an air raid offense doesn't mean that you abandon the running game. The, the Cowboys have an elite offensive line still at this point, and they have an elite running back. So... If they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, that's fine. But that just means that it opens up the run game. So now a defense doesn't know what to do. So that doesn't that doesn't hinder Ezekiel Elliott's um, Ezekiel Elliott's progress or his his numbers or anything like that. Any of his any of his numbers that just that almost expands it because now you're not getting a, a eight in the box every time that you want to you know line up at the line of scrimmage. You're getting you know, kind of a kind of an open thing because the defense has to set up for whatever. They could run it, they could throw it, uh Dak could run. So I just feel like the Cowboys have the better team, obviously, and then have a better offensive scheme that is the the world and the field is open to Zeke. As for Saquon, all they really have to think about is stopping Saquon on on the defensive side. All they have to think about is stopping Barkley. So of course these are two elite talents and we won't spend too much time on these guys, but uh, Saquon and Zeke both obviously great options. You can't really go wrong two three, but just explaining why we have Zeke at two as opposed to Saquon at three. So n- moving on to the number four spot, Jordan. I'm gonna let you hit your your number four guy now um, because I think this is pretty much at the level where we don't know 
each other's uh, rankings from this point on. So yeah. I'll let you start with the number four guy. Who do you have at running back at number four? Uh, so I number four, I have Minnesota's very own Dalvin Cook, um, which is a little bit higher than most ECR. But I'm really high on Dalvin Cook this year. Um, I think you know I think a lot of a lot of fantasy pros are working in the possibility of a holdout from Dalvin Cook into his ADP, but I'm not. I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Um, I think it, for one, in case you didn't know, the league changed their rules. So before, with a holdout, you would lose a portion of you would lose your paycheck for every game that for every day that you hold out. But a team was able to uh, to know that and to pay you that once you sign. The league changed that, and now if you hold out. Every single day that you hold out, you will actually be losing all of that money. So I think this season, especially with COVID happening and players are looking for a little bit more reassurance of their pockets, I think there's going to be a little bit more of a um, sense of urgency when it comes to getting deals done. So I'm not worried about Dalvin Cook and his deal. What I am concerned with is what that man does on the field. Last season, he was an excellent rusher. Yep. Phenomenal. He was. He has such a high percentage of uh, tackles broken, missed, and juked. He also is a great receiver. He's a do-it-all back. He's a three-down back. He is a phenomenal talent. And last season showed a lot of managers that he can stay healthy for mm. an entire season. And so you can start to put a little bit more faith and a little more confidence into Dalvin Cook. And with all of that put together, that spells a number four running back for me because his ceiling, I don't think we've actually seen his ceiling yet. I think we've seen a little bit of it, but um, I think that he has a lot more that he has to show, and if he's able to stay healthy for this entire season, I really think that he could end up taking one of the top three spots as well. Yeah, I agree. I had Dalvin. Okay, so I've drafted Dalvin Cook in our big league two years in a row. Now, the first year, obviously, was a letdown because he was hurt for most of the season, was here here and there playing, like very, very spotty. Um, but when he did play... He showed me personally enough that, okay, if he's healthy, I could take another another flyer on him. And I did. I took him in the third round, I believe, last year. He's my first. I drafted him as my RB1. Um, and it, it obviously it panned out. Um, he was excellent last year. Had 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, and then had 50-plus uh, 50, 50 catches and over 500 yards receiving. So... Um, I definitely think I have him at four as well. Um, I am a huge fan of Dalvin Cook. Um, and I think that the uh, with Stefan Diggs leaving the team, going to, to Buffalo, um, I think that increases his role, increases his payload, um, and really gets the ball in his hands a little bit more, especially in the receiving game. Because, yes, the Vikings drafted... Uh, Justin Jefferson out of LSU, and he's I think he's also going to be a pretty good player for them too. Um, 
but he's a rookie. So Kirk Cousins is going to be be heavily relying on Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. Um, I don't really see too much of a threat from uh, the second and third string running backs. Uh, I think it's Dalvin Cook's job, and everybody knows that. Uh, they're going to be running the offense through Dalvin Cook, and he's, like Jordan was saying, is an excellent runner. So I have no no issues with taking him uh, at four, especially because he's done wonders for me in actual fantasy. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to want uh, every bit of Dalvin Cook. So, All right, so number five, um, I have – so we got – so our one through four uh, so far has been the same. Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Dalvin Cook. So number five – I have Alvin Kamara um, of the New Orleans Saints. My take on Alvin Kamara is that a lot of people are saying that he had somewhat of a down year last year, which he did. It was a, a little disappointing but from the caliber of player that Dalvin Cook is. Um, only had 171 um, attempts, rushing attempts. Played 14 games, so he played most of the most of the games. Only missed two, um, but at the same time, he had 81 catches. So, if you balance that out, yes, he didn't have a thousand yards rushing. Only had 797, but he averaged 4.7 yards a carry, which is pretty good for a running back, and had 81 catches for 533 yards. I think that all of those numbers go up this year, and. Uh, a lot of people I've been hearing saying, oh, no, Michael Thomas is now the, the focal point and Alvin Kamara is getting phased out and they're afraid of Latavius Murray behind him. I'm not afraid of Latavius Murray. Only thing that, that worries me about Murray is the goal line carries because Latavius Murray is a bigger, a bigger back uh, physically. But other than that, I, I think Alvin Kamara is going to bounce back into that top five which i have him at five he could place anywhere in there i'm not i'm not too sure but that offense runs through alvin kamara just as much as it does michael thomas so i think in just his skill set alone the his pass pass catching ability his uh ability to to, um read the o-line you know how they're maneuvering him through the through the offense through the progressions like i i think he's just as good of a, a talent as any of those guys that we said in the first, uh, the first four, first four guys. So that's why I have him at number five. That offense is is great. So I'm comfortable with him taking uh, fifth off of the board for running backs. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah. So believe it or not, I actually have have Alvin Kamara <laughs> at number five. Um, so a lot of my reasonings is a lot similar to yours. Is so for the most part, I believe that most. Team, most fantasy players out there are playing in a full point PPR um, or at least a half point PPR. I think very few people are playing in standard leagues anymore. So with that being said, Alvin Kamara's value is definitely up higher than some of the other guys, um, even in a half point PPR because of the of his ability to be worked into the passing game. Um yeah, I think, you know, like like Drew was saying, he had a down year, air quotes, um, last season. But I think he gets back on track this season. I think um I think New Orleans just wasn't utilizing was trying to find a way to utilize Alvin Kamara 
And I think they're still trying to find the that run game identity since Mark Ingram has left. When Mark Ingram was there and it was kind of the one, the two-headed monster, it was so easy for Alvin Kamara to just be this pure receiving back, this third down back. Um, but since uh, Mark Ingram has left, now we're trying to find this identity. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find the identity of this run game. And... Alvin Kamara is, he does have the ability to be a three down back. He really can. I think the problem is, is that uh, New Orleans is trying to work out how to incorporate that, but win games at the same time. And so right now, from a fantasy perspective, that's not the, you know, they're not, they're, they're, their concern is not producing a fantasy monster. Their concern is to win games because for some reason they keep falling short every single season. But um, I think this season is a little bit different. I think with all that Michael Thomas has put on last season, there's no way any defense in the NFL does not scheme for Michael Thomas. So he's going to see a little bit of regression. Not much. He's still going to be Michael Thomas, but you know, if he loses, so let's say, you know, he, he put up 149 receptions. Let's say he loses 30 of those and becomes an, a, a regular elite receiver. Where are those 30 receptions going? Well, those are going to Alvin Kamara. Yep. And I think he's going to see an increase there. I think that that will also provide um, a little bit of wiggle room within the, ro- within the run game. So, and I, I really do think that Alvin Kamara is going to have a much better season than he did last year uh, because of what Michael Thomas was able to do last season. Gotcha, bro. I, I really didn't think uh, – actually, you know what? No, I, I was pretty sure you were going to have Henry right there. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Kamara right there. Yeah. Um, He's got – yeah, you got to put him top five. There's no – there's no scenario in the last probably three seasons that I don't see him being there. Even at his first season when nobody knew about him, yeah, he finished top five. So um, he's kind of one of those staple guys. Like you can't go wrong with drafting uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, all right, so at your sixth spot, um, Jordan, I'll let you start this one. Who do you have as your sixth running back uh, off the board? So my number six spot is someone who I actually did want to rate higher than Alvin Kamara, but was not able to, which is Derrick Henry. Okay. Um, and I really, like, truthfully, the reason that Derrick Henry does not get the number five spot is off of the strength that most people play half point to full point PPR. And that's it. If it was, if you're playing a standard league, yes, Derrick Henry jumps a lot higher on your board. And I do think he takes that number five spot. But... For the rest of us who play half point to full point PPR, um, Alvin Kamara takes that spot, but Derrick Henry easily takes the number six spot. Um, he was our rushing leader last season at 1540 yards, which is disgusting. But if you thought that was disgusting, he finished with 18 touchdowns. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, that is actually insane. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, we haven't heard numbers like that since, you know, LT, Prime AP. Yeah. Like, we haven't heard numbers like that in a long time. You know, Prime Chris Johnson. Yep. Um, So, to see that again is actually pretty exciting and is a little bit, um, you know, c- can make you 
feel a little bit, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just like look forward to what Derrick Henry is going to be able to do this season. Um, He's not super incorporated in the, in the pass game, but he is incorporated in the screen game. So he does break off some pretty big yardage runs through the screen game. So he will get some receptions, Mm -hmm. but he gets all of his work by being just this big, durable back who can do it on all the downs. He's the goal line back. He's the third down back. He's the one and two. Like, he's your everything back. And so because his workload is so massive, he definitely gets the number six spot. Like I said, if you play in a standard league, me personally, I would put him at the number five spot. Mm -hmm. But for uh, the majority of us, we play in some form of a PPR. So he definitely takes the number six spot. Yeah, I I agree with you again. Uh, Derek, <laughs> I got Derrick Henry at six. Um, had 303 rushing attempts last year. Was number one in attempts, number one in yards, number one in touchdowns. Um, my only thing with him, again, just like you said, Jordan, was his receptions. He, he had 18 touchdowns, but he also had 18 receptions. So not a whole bunch you're going to get out of Derrick Henry in the passing game. Um could you see an uptick in receptions this year? Yeah, sure. Um, I could. I probably got him for 30 catches this year. I also have him for way less than 18 touchdowns. Um, I feel like not a lot of defenses realized that he was going to roll over people like he did. Um, he was literally just running over everybody. He ran over the Patriots in the playoffs was running over Kansas City for a period of time in that AFC Championship game. Like, he just – he and obviously in the regular season, we're finishing with 1,540 yards rushing. Um, you know, he was just running over everybody, and nobody knew what to do with it. Now you're going to game plan for the Tennessee Titans. The first way that you think of stopping them is stopping the run game. So is he going to get 18 touchdowns again? I don't think so. I think that is a – a high number i would think that would be a high number for anybody's calculations um so that's why i have him at six i just think those numbers were great last year and they will be similar they're just going to drop and then if you're playing standard which i don't see a lot of people playing standard anymore um that's not going to be the value that kamara zeke saquon christian mccaffrey and dalvin cook can get you because those are pass catching running backs Dalvin Cook a little bit less, you know, Zeke a little bit less than the other aforementioned guys. But Derrick Henry is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to pass catching, (laughs) pass catching running backs. He is literally just a strong dude that's just going to run, follow the holes that the O-line gives him and that the defense uh, gives him to their detriment. But um, that's why I got him at six. He's just not not much of a receiver. And I personally like my my running backs to have a little bit more involvement in the passing game. And I think something to keep in mind when drafting and within those top six spots. So we did get news that Corey Davis is starting the year on the pup list. Woo! So breaking news. <laughs> so there's a lot. That's a lot of targets that are they got to go somewhere. Um, I still don't think that Derrick Henry is the mass is the you know the majority recipient of all those targets, but. 
you got to imagine that will provide him with at least more than 18 receptions on the yeah. season. Yeah. Um, so you might get a little bit more production through him in the in the the past game. But like Drew said, it's still not going to be enough to put him over someone like our current top five. Yeah, the, those those touchdown numbers, I really don't think are going to – I cannot see a scenario where he scores 18 touchdowns. I just can't. That's a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like the the record for a receiver catching touchdowns was 23 set by Randy Moss in 2007. So for a rusher, yes, it's a little easier for a rush because he has the ball already. But I really don't see him scoring 18 touchdowns. And that's why I can't put him in my top five. It's just there's too much opportunity for him not to hit those peak numbers that I, I can't justify him being in the five, in the top five. But yeah. still definitely a great running back to take in your first round if you're in that five to seven to eight uh range in your draft. Uh depending on what type of league you have, what type of you know, make sure you, you guys know just a, a a tip. Make sure you know who you're drafting with. Uh it's very important. Make sure you know the managers, what their tendencies are, especially if you've been in a league for a while because if you can get a read on what how how these guys draft, you can kind of gauge a little bit better what you're going to be able to do with your team um, in the first round. So it's a it's a lot of touchy feely and make sure you know you know what what you got going on in your own uh, own personal leagues. But just keep that in mind. But um, that's crazy, Corey Davis on the pup list. Right? I know. Yeah, on, I just saw it today, list. man. That's crazy. All right. Well. We'll uh, keep that in mind for the receiver show. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number seven, I'll start off with number seven. This uh, We got to start having differences at seven through 12, I'm assuming. I, it's got to start Yeah, now. it's got to start. This, this trend has to break. Um, at number seven, I have Joe Mixon. Now, right off the bat, tell me if that's the same as yours. Yes or no? It is not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we got a little, now we're getting juicy. Okay, so I have Joe Mixon. At seven. Um, Joe Mixon, talent-wise, like as a pure running back, I think has top five running back talent. That's just that's just pure running ability, vision, speed, strength, all of that stuff. I think he has top five talent. And again, I watched him at Oklahoma, and I thought he was the next Adrian Peterson at one point. Like, he's it's that good with the football in his hand. Um his situation in his first couple seasons in the league has not been what everybody has hoped. Um, however, he has had a couple of top 12 finishes. And with the addition of Joe Burrow and the addition of T. Higgins and the Bengals getting their offensive line somewhat put back together from last year, I do think that opens up the floodgates for Joe Mixon. Um, and we haven't really been able to see that yet. They're getting AJ Green back as well from last year, but with if you think about that, with all that being missing last year, so confusion at the quarterback position, their offensive line banged up, um, no AJ Green, and Joe Mixon kind of being the focal point of the offense. He played all sixteen games, shocker, because he never plays all sixteen <laughs> games. Um, had two hundred and seventy eight attempts and rushed for eleven hundred yards, eleven thirty seven to be exact. And had eight touchdowns. So, and four yards of carry, which I believe will go up because of the O-line. But he has, him being the focal point of the offense with no A.J. Green being there and still getting 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, 
is is super impressive to me not not knowing what the team is is even doing and from week eight on last season he was running back five in the whole entire league like he was that he was that good on the second half of the season so just imagine him carrying that that success from week eight on to the end from last season coming into this season with weapons like AJ Green back taking up um the defense's attention T Higgins on the outside now taking the attention from the defense and a quarterback like Joe Burrow that just opens up the whole entire field for Joe Mixon and I feel like he could finish in the top five um I have extremely high expectations for him I'm gonna try to get him every draft that I that I can um depending on where where he falls but I'm really high on Joe Mixon this year it's like he's only I think he's only like 24 years old or something like that. So it's not like he has a whole bunch of tread on his tires. Um, and I think he's going to have a, a really good season. That's why I got him uh, at the position number seven. Jordan, what do you got? Uh, so like I already said, I this is where we finally start to differ. Um, and I don't have Joe Mixon at seven. I have Joe Mixon at nine, Ooh. believe it or not. Um And I'm a little lower on Joe Mixon. And not because I don't think he's the talent. Um, but I, I, I do think that Joe Mixon is a phenomenal talent. But what I do think is going to happen in the Cincinnati offense is that they become a little bit more of a air raid offense. I think that with if a, if AJ Green is able to stay healthy, so you're going to add AJ Green. You're going to have Tyler Boyd. You're going to have John Ross. You're going to have Auden Tate for air raid receivers. You're going to have Joe Burrow in his rookie year. I think he's going to air it out. I think this offense becomes a little bit more of a pass-focused offense. And although that will, I do think that Joe Mixon will be incorporated in that pass-first offense, I think that he it won't justify what he's able to do over two of the guys that I currently have rated higher than him. Okay. Um so who you got at seven? So at seven, <laughs> it has nothing to do with my bias. Sure. It has nothing to do with who my favorite team is. <laughs> but at number seven, I do have Mr. 26, Mr. Miles Sanders himself. Okay. Um, I have Miles Sanders. I'm really high on Miles Sanders this season, man, because so where I differ with Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon is opportunity. I think that Joe Mixon's opportunity will be there. So that definitely, like I said, that gets him his the number nine spot from me. But because I think that Miles Sanders' opportunity is going to be greater. Um, I think this re- the receiver situation in Philadelphia is still straight buns. Um, <laughs> you know, we just lost a nu- we lost Marquise Goodwin. Because he's opting out for the season. So our number one receiver, your guess. I don't know. I don't know if it's Rager. I don't know. I don't know if it's Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson got himself in a little political trouble. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is starting on the pup list. I don't know what the receiver situation is going to be when the season actually starts week one with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I love that for <laughs> Miles Sanders yep. because Miles Sanders is a three down back. He's a receiving back. He's a back that can do it all in between the tackles. And coaching staff has said that they have faith that Miles Sanders can carry that entire workload. 
So Miles Sanders, for me, gains the number seven spot off of workload, opportunity, and potential alone. And there's a lot left on the table with Miles Sanders. We saw him for one rookie season. That was it. I think the reason that Joe, I'm a little bit lower on Joe Mixon is because we've seen him for what? Is it been, this will be his third year? Fourth. Fourth year. So we've seen him for three years already. And we have still yet to see that same capitalization on opportunity that I feel like Miles Sanders will be able to do. Um, But I still think that Joe Mixon is a phenomenal talent. Like you said, I agree that he is a top five talent. I just think that Miles Sanders is in a better position than Joe Mixon right now. All right. I I feel you and I don't. Uh, (laughs) um, But, you know, that's why we do these. That's why we do the rankings. We got to do each of our each of our opinions. We'll see how how it pans out. Um, I do have Sanders in my top 12. And what's funny, actually, no, I won't tell you where I have him yet. <laughs> um, all right, so so far we got CMC, Zeke, Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Kamara, um, Henry, and then we have I have Mixon, you have uh, Miles Sanders. Okay, and I, I'm I like Miles Sanders too. I had him last year. Um, I had Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. And a couple of other guys. I had a lot of good running backs you last did, year, bro. Man. I had a lot of hitters. I don't know what I was doing. I'm a wide receiver <laughs> bugging out on running backs. Yeah, you um, know what I mean? But, but yeah, no, I like Sanders. I like Sanders. But we'll get into that. Number eight, and Jordan, I'll, I started the last one, so I'll let you start on your number eight guy. Um, who do you have as your eighth running back off the board? So my number eight is another running back who I am placing – off of opportunity, which is Kenyon Drake. Ooh, K Drizzy. K Drizzy. <laughs> um, so without David Johnson there, so put it like this. At the end of last season, if you were paying attention, Kenyon Drake kind of balled out. He was finally in a good offense, left Miami, and it's almost like a Cinderella story. And he was starting to ball out. He, you could see his ability to run within the tackles. You were able to see his ability to to catch the ball and be involved in the pass game. And what that showed us was, hey, maybe this guy could be a three-down back. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> so what do the Arizona Cardinals do in the offseason? They ship David Johnson. So if you hear a lot of fantasy experts going crazy over Kenyon Drake and you don't get it, it is because his opportunity is through the roof right now. Um, you know, he's the he's the guy. He's the main guy in that offense. And what is awesome now is that D-Hop is a part of this offense. D-Hop is a part of this offense to, you have to respect D-Hop. So okay. there will not be eight-man boxes against Kenyon Drake. Because if you do, you are literally the worst defense in the <laughs> NFL. So, and it's just a chess game, and I like that. So, I like Kenyon Drake because he will not be seeing eight-man boxes. He might not ever see a seven-man box. So, his opportunity is going to be great because of D-Hop. I do think Kyler Murray takes a step forward this year, even though I was a little low on him in the quarterback (laughs) rankings. I do think he takes a step forward. Um, And... I think all of that spells a great opportunity for Kenyon Drake this season. 
I agree with you. Not to the tune of eighth on my running back list. Um, I have him. He's on my top twelve. He's just not an eight. So I get to, I get to Drizzy when I get there. <laughs> my eighth spot for running backs this year. Oh, excuse me. Is the little guy from LSU, the little rook. Who got drafted? Jordan's bugging out over here. I don't know. I wish y'all could see this. Um, <laughs> who got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, 31st overall, and whose ADP, average draft position, for those who don't know, completely skyrocketed as soon as the news about Damian Williams came out. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I was already high on this dude. Um, just because of the offense that Kansas City has and the amount of work that he could get in the in the passing game. Because at LSU, he already had a crazy amount of of pass catching ability. And the experts have been saying like uh Kuiper and all those guys saying that he's probably the best pass catching back that has come out of the draft in a long time, in years. So he is extremely reception heavy running back, which I, if you play PPR or half, that's a great thing. Um, And their head coach, Andy Reid, has said that he is, I wouldn't say he's better, but Andy Reid personally has said he is better than Brian Westbrook at this stage. That is bold coming from dudes who play fantasy because Brian Westbrook was a stud for the Eagles. And Jordan, I know you know that because mm-hmm. you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> so but my 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 full body take pretty much on Clyde Edwards Hilaire is that yes, he's a running back, and I don't have him excuse he's their lead running back now, I should say. And I don't have him in my top five solely off of the fact that he is a rookie. So I I can't just I personally can't put bring myself to put a rookie running back in the top five. Only time I was able to do that was with Saquon. And he was like going very early in, in drafts in his first season because everybody knew who Saquon Barkley was. But the position that Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been put in, especially with Damon Damon excuse me, Damian Williams uh opting out of the season because of the virus. He has extreme amounts of upside, and I'm talking about like me personally. I think he he has the potential to finish top three, and that is because he can literally come out of the season with 90 catches and 1300 yards, and we could be talking about him playing around with like Zeke and Saquon numbers at the end of the season. That's solely on potential, but that is why I have him at eight, and I strongly believe that he can be anybody's fantasy team's uh, RB1 right off the jump. And he was borderline RB1, even with Damian Williams being there. Now that he's gone, like a, I'm just thinking of like what Kareem Hunt did with Andy Reid being there, what Brian Westbrook has done, what LaShawn McCoy did with Andy Reid. All of these pass-catching running backs, Andy Reid loves these type of dudes, and they all eventually succeed. My only drawback is that he's a rookie, and all of those guys that I just mentioned, other than Kareem Hunt, didn't have great fantasy running back um, seasons as as rookies, but eventually they got there, and I feel like 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is one of those guys that in this offense that's already one of the best offenses in the league could vault himself into that upper echelon of fantasy running backs. Jordan, what do you what do you think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I don't know where you have him in your rankings yet, and we'll get to that when we get to it, but just right off of the rip after Damian Williams being uh, opting out, I should say, what, do you, what is your opinion on CEH? Uh, so for the listeners, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire CEH at number 10, okay. believe it or not, but don't let that fool you. I am high on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, my ranking on him is solely based on me not being able to place him higher than some of the guys that I'm already high on. Yep. And that's all that it is. Um, I also look at the Kansas city offense and, and the Kansas City offense, for me, when I look at them, has not has not supported a three-down back well yet. But this could be the change. They haven't had a talent like CEH in ever. <laughs> I mean, we're I mean we're talking since like Larry Johnson, yeah, maybe. You know, what I mean, like you know, people throw names around like Lashawn McCoy. Damian Williams, I think they were good backs, but I don't think they were great backs. I think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has the potential to be a great back. But with that being said, we haven't. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen what Kansas City can do with a running back like that. And being that all we've seen so far is an air raid offense out of Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, it leads me to believe that he will just be taking on what Damian Williams was able to do. And Damian Williams, although he was a good back, he was not a top 12 back. Um, But I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a better talent than Damian Williams. I think that he's going to provide the offense with another layer that that Andy Reid is going to be able to play with. And so because I don't know too much about where he's going where I think he's going to be used in the past game in the run game I can't put him over guys like the guys I've already stated as in Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake um but I am high. I he's one of those guys that like we've stated before like oh we're going to name our top 12 with a couple guys who have top 12 potential Clyde Edwards Hilaire is my number 10 with top 5 potential yeah. like I don't want to place him in the top 5 but geez, if there if Andy Reid does what I feel like Andy Reid could do with him, he could finish top three. Not even yeah. like not even like yeah. going too far. He has that kind of potential where he could finish top three. Yeah. And he, he might not even like just off a of rip, he might not even have that type of talent, like just watching his game. But just the the situation that he's in just makes it seem like okay, air raid offense, Patrick Mahomes. If he doesn't see um, Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins or Miko Hartman down the or, – or Travis Kelsey. Oh, my gosh. They got so many weapons. Anyway, <laughs> they, they don't have any of those guys open, which is almost never. But if they don't, he's getting all of that backup stuff. And he, he could go out on routes if they want to go five wide for some random reason and just complete – if they're in a shootout with the, the Bucks or something like that. He could, they could put him at the at a receiver spot, and he'll do just fine because that's what he did with 
with Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow said he's probably top five best football players that he's ever played with. And now, obviously, Joe Burrow hasn't played too much football, but... You know, he's he speaks very highly of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and so does Andy Reid, who has coached guys like Westbrook, like McCoy, like Kareem Hunt, like Jamal Charles. Like he's he's had some really good running backs for for so for those guys to be speaking that highly of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, that's why I got him at eight. Um, okay, so moving on to our ninth spot in our top twelve running back rankings. Um it is yeah. This is my turn to start it. At number nine, I have the Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, and Jordan turns his head yet again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have Josh Jacobs, and I also had Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team last year. That might be a little bit why I got him at nine, but I am a firm believer in Josh Jacobs. They, the the Raiders are a little bit messy offensively, I think. It's like Derek Carr is kind of a question mark, especially fantasy-wise. Um, they have a great tight end in Darren Waller. And their wide receivers, Tyrell Williams, who is not in anybody's top 12, top 20 type of wide receiver. And they added Henry Ruggs. So in that body of offense, um, you know, it's just kind of middle of the pack for fantasy, maybe even less than middle of the pack. But Josh Jacobs is their best offensive weapon, I believe. And what he was able to do in his rookie season was had solid enough numbers for me to to rank him uh, that high. And I think his numbers will improve. He played in 13 games, and a lot of those games actually he was recovering from the flu, so he was getting back from some crazy some crazy physical ailments that he had, but. 242 carries. That's only through 13 games. So that's that's pretty good numbers. He he's getting the ball. Um, 1150 rushing yards and 4.8 yards per carry. So that's a pretty good uh, yards per carry average. And he doesn't do too much for you in the reception department. Only had 20 catches for uh, 166, and only had seven touchdowns. I think most of those numbers this year uh, spike, and they I shouldn't say spike, but they go up. Um, at least marginally, at least a little bit, um, which would land him in the top 10 still. Um, I like I like their offense, how it's set up for Josh Jacobs, not for actual football because you just don't know what you're going to get out of the the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> in, a, in a hole. But um, Josh Jacobs, he's man, he's an Alabama running back, bro. Like at some point, you know – a running back that went to Alabama, other than Eddie Lacy, is going to t- turn it around and make it a thing. And he was he was pretty good in his rookie season, and them not really knowing what they had going into the season. Um, and again, their offensive line is easily top five in the league. Um, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think it watching how they play or how their record came up, but they have an excellent offensive line. So. I think his numbers can improve, and that's why I got him um, at my nine spot on running back. So, Jordan, who do you have at nine? Uh, so, at nine, uh, I have Joe Mixon, Okay. which we already touched on, yep. so I won't touch on it too much. So, I'll touch a little bit on Josh Jacobs. I actually don't have Josh Jacobs in my top 12. Wow, okay. okay. But 
I do, so I share, like, once again, I share very similar sentiments to you. I think that Josh Jacobs is a great talent, and I think he's literally the best thing about the team at this point. But that's also my problem, is Mm -hmm. that the team itself I don't think is good. And I have a philosophy of I like getting guys on good teams Mm -hmm. because good teams put up points, good teams are in winning positions, good teams are in scoring positions. And... um. The the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, I don't think are going to be a good team at all this season. And I might be lower than most on them, but I think they're number one draft pick conversation this season. Really? Yeah, I really don't. I really don't like them that all this year, man. I think they have. I think they have talent at a couple positions, but I think Derek Carr is that bad. I really do. <laughs> Sorry for any of you uh, Raiders fans, but I really think that your weakest point is Derek Carr right now because your offensive line is nice. Yeah. You have a great running back. You just got a stud of a receiver, but I still don't like anything about this <laughs> offense. Um, and so, but Josh Jacobs, I actually have ranked at 13. Okay. Um, right, so he's just outside. Yeah, he's just outside of my 12. And spoiler alert. He's one of the guys that I we were talking about at the end of the episode where we were going to say who we think could has potential to work themselves into the top 12. Well, Josh Jacobs is that for me. Okay. Um, I do think he has the potential to work themselves into work himself into the top 12, being that the Oakland Raiders actually exceed my expectations. Gotcha. If the Oakland Raiders become a, a little bit better of a team, then I do think that Josh Jacobs will be a recipient of a lot of that production and throw himself into the top twelve. But right now, I don't see it. I don't. I don't think that they are going to be a good team in any form or fashion. I don't think that um, Derek Carr is going to be able to put it together, which also means that someone as good as Josh Jacobs is going to suffer for me. And I think that that puts him right outside of my top twelve. Okay. So to, to round out your 10, you said you had Joe Mixon at 9? Yes. Okay. So to round out your top 10, uh, who do you have at the 10 spot? So 10 is actually CHE, okay. uh, Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire. So I think at this point, we are actually caught up with all the running backs. Yes. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to touch too much on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I just spoke about my why I have him ranked lower. Yep. Um, so... Uh, I think we could go straight on to number 11. Okay. So, number 11 for me is, I almost said San Diego. I almost said it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, oh my. The Los Angeles, right? Is Los Angeles? It is Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Chargers running back, Austin Eckler, kid. Austin. <laughs> so, I have Austin Eckler at 11. Um Basically because he had a Justin Jackson and a Melvin Gordon kind of riding his coattails for most of the season last year and still put up extremely good um, running back numbers, especially um, for a receiver. Um, He's just one of those pass-catching backs that's just going to get whatever you throw to him. Um, And with their running – excuse me, with their quarterback situation right now, which is extremely iffy. Um, they drafted was it Justin Herbert, and they have uh, Tyrod Taylor, I believe, as their 
as their uh, QB one right now to start the season. Um, so that just is kind of iffy for me. So usually when the team doesn't know what they're doing at running back, um, they look heavily, they rely heavily on, excuse me, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They rely heavily on the running back. Um, and I think that's exactly where you plug in a guy um, like Austin Eckler. And he did wonders for Sid last year, who's Sid, who's been on the show before. Um, kind of picked him up pretty late, actually, and was turning into a a stud of a pickup for, or, or a draft pickup, I should say, for him. Um, so I have him at eleven. Not much of a, not much of a big guy, um, but he had really good numbers last year, and I just feel like the the volume enough is going to be there for him where he should finish. Um, top 12. He had 1,300 yards last year um, on 285 attempts. Um, and then his his receiving stats, he had 92 catches last year. So 92 catches for almost any receiver in the league is a, a solid season. That's a really good season if you have 90, 90 plus catches. Um, to 90 catches and almost 1,000 yards. So he's Probably if this was only like running backs that don't get any rushing yards and you only get reception points, he's like top three in the league for that. Um, so that's why I feel comfortable taking him at 11. Don't really know what we're going to get out of this offense, out of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, just because the the quarterback position I'm not really fond of. And I'm sure most people aren't fond of. I don't even know if either of those guys are getting drafted in regular in regular leagues. 12 team, 14. I don't know if you're taking any of those dudes, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, Austin Eckler, I, I really like at 11. I think, I think he's just solid. It's not anything too exciting. It's just, you know, that he's the RB one and you know, he's a pass catching back. So half point PPR, full point PPR, or even standard. I, I like him in that end of the first round, early second round, depending on how your league is type of running back. That's why I got him at 11. Jordan, who you got? Uh, so, so at 11, I actually have Aaron Jones. Okay. But I'll come back to that because I want to touch on Austin Eckler. Yep. I actually have Austin Eckler outside of my number, outside of my top 12. Okay. Um, but I have, so I have Eckler at 14, though, right okay. behind Josh Jacobs. So my reason why I have Eckler so low, well, not so low, because he's not low. He's, uh, he's 14. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I have him lower is than you is because once again my philosophy is i like people i like players on good teams Mm -hmm. and i don't think the los angeles chargers are going to be a good team this season i think the like you stated before the quarterback position is messy um right now tyrod taylor is getting the start um and i don't like that one bit (laughs) like not a single bit um so I like so because of the quarterback play, I think that that's going to inhibit a lot of um, Austin Eckler's play. But not only that, but I think the presence of Ju- uh, Justin Jackson, who I'm a little bit higher on than most. I think Justin Jackson is a great running back. Mm-hmm. I think he's very good. I think if he wasn't a part of the Los Angeles Chargers and he was to go somewhere, you know, hurting for a running back. I think he would definitely have that solid number two spot, maybe even a start some in some places. Um, but so with a talent like that, be running us running right alongside with Austin Eckler, 
I think he's going to cut into Austin Eckler's carries a little bit more than I would like him to. Um, I think that what's going to happen is Austin Eckler becomes the new Melvin Gordon. Justin Jackson becomes the new Austin Eckler. And if you remember, although Melvin Gordon was a solid fantasy option, how if you ever owned him, how many times were you just annoyed and upset that Austin Eckler was just a thing? Yep. I think that's what Justin Jackson is going to be for Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be an annoying running back, somebody that you can't start because he's not going to provide fantasy value at any form of the, of the game. But he's going to be just annoying enough where he rips a touchdown, some yardage, some receptions away from Austin and Eckler mm. and makes him not as as great of a pick as he should be because truthfully in my opinion austin eckler in the opportunity should be a top eight running back but because justin jackson is there and going to be siphoning these opportunities from him like a little leech <laughs> i think that um just i think that austin eckler is gonna be on the negative end of that a little bit um and be a little bit more of a 75 I mean, it'll be a little bit more of a 60-40 split than what some people are feeling, like more of a 75-25 split. Yeah, see, I that's yeah, I'm one of those guys that has it more of like a a 70-30 split where I think they're going to just give the keys to Austin Eckler and tell him just, hey, run wild, we need you. Um, I do agree with you, though. You did kind of give me a different perspective on Justin Jackson because last year, I believe, excuse me, I think I drafted Justin Jackson um after i saw eckler go off the board because i was last year is when we didn't know what melvin gordon was doing he was kind of like doing that whole holdout junk and stuff and we didn't know what was going to happen um so i drafted Justin jackson just in case just in case he panned out to be the guy over austin eckler it was not too much known about either of those guys and austin eckler just happened to be the superior talent um but yeah, I I see it as a 70-30 split, but it could, like you just said, it could be closer to 60-40. I just haven't really thought much of Justin Jackson being a factor. I don't think most people are, so that's a good point that you brought out. Um, all right, so now we are on to 12. And Jordan, who do you have at 12? So before I actually get to my 12, I actually spoke a lot. And forgot to mention my eleven, which I oh, mentioned yeah. him, which yeah. which is Aaron Jones. Oh yeah, um, that's right. yeah, yeah. but the re so I I'll go I'll go through this quickly. But Aaron Jones, don't feed into this scarism of um. Damn, I can't even remember the running back's name that they just drafted. Green Bay. Oh, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. It seems like a lot of people are are so scared of AJ Dillon because now it's. It's not just, you know, it was bad enough when it was Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, but now it's Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. Don't forget, A.J. Dillon is a 247-pound running back. <laughs> all right? He's a fullback. He's a goal line back. So, yes, that's going to bite into um, Aaron, Aaron Jones' opportunities where he had last season, where he was the goal line back. You know, he was the guy that received, you know, probably about four touchdowns because he was the guy who ran those in, on, uh, you know, within three yards. He's going to lose that, unfortunately. But lest we forget, Aaron Jones was still the number two fantasy running back in the league last season. 
if he loses four touchdowns, it is not the worst thing in the world because it's he's still going to be a very, very fantasy viable running back. I think that Jamal Williams takes a step back. I think that A.J. Dillon is not as much of a factor as people are thinking he's going to be. And I think that this truly is Aaron um, Aaron Jones' offense, and he's going to be the guy. Um, so, like, I like, I think that I, I, I'm rating him a little bit higher because I like the offense that uh, Green Bay is going to be in. Um, I think that there's not a ton to go around. I mean, there's not a ton of mouths to feed in Green Bay. So, Dow, um, Devontae Adams is going to be a workhorse. And I think that that means that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones are both going to be workhorses. Maybe, I don't think that Aaron Jones finishes as a number two back this season again, but I think that he definitely finishes high enough where it warrants him being my number 11 back. Um, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones? So I, I'm on the other side of the fence, to be honest, about Aaron Jones, bro. I He, he scares me because he had 19 touchdowns last year, which is one more than Derrick Henry. And if you put both of those guys into the same – onto the same board and said, okay, which guy is most is more likely to score over 15 touchdowns? I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. So I feel like a lot of his fantasy points c- came off of like four or five games. Like he had four or five games where he was absolutely elite and was like the number one scorer of the day. So just the the talent is there and the opportunity definitely is there. I just feel like his fantasy numbers last year all came in a matter of games. So I feel like having him on my team is a little scary because I don't even have him in my top 12. I think I have him at, at 14 or 15, which is still good. He's obviously, he's a top 15 running back. I just It scares me on a per-game basis because – some of those times it's like, okay, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams could be having a field day and Aaron Jones just kind of gets left to the side or has like 13 carries as opposed to 22. Or he's just, for fantasy, I remember like watching him and seeing him being somewhat consistent on a per-game basis. And I usually would be drawn toward guys that I know on a per game basis are going to get this amount of carries, this amount of catches, this amount of yards. And I feel like some of his numbers came in certain spots that that like teams that they completely blew up and he ran all over like he, they ran over the Cowboys. I remember that game. He scored four touchdowns. So it's so like four of those touchdowns came in one game and another game against the Vikings, I think. He had a six, yeah, the the game that lost me the Super Bowl. Ran a 50 something yard touchdown. Like he has like a good games but there's only like three or four of them and they add up for probably like 30 percent of his fantasy numbers so that's the only part that scares me about him that's why i have him outside of my top 12 um all right so now we are down to number 12 i believe yes all right so number 12 for me is a guy that jordan has already touched on but i have Kenyon drake at 12 um not outside of my top 12 by any means i knew for a fact he was going to finish inside of my top 12 um, and the amount of work I think he's going to have available to him, not that he's going to be a workhorse as a running back. It's just that that type of offense is also air raid to a degree. Um, they have a lot of weapons out there. 
Although Larry Fitzgerald being one of the, the older statesmen, but um, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to take a step up, like you said. And I feel like Kenyon Drake is going to really take a, a, a grasp of that backfield. And there's a reason they got rid of, um, what's his name? Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson so readily was because one, the Texans are stupid and said, yeah, we'll give you DeAndre Hopkins. But also because they were comfortable with what Kenyon Drake was able to do at the end of the season. So my opinion on K Drizzy is he's going to get a lot of receptions. Um, and he's also, I think he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. Yards is the only thing that I, I'm a little concerned about. Um, I don't think they're a run first offense. And Kyler Murray is also a running quarterback. So I don't think he's going to be in the 1,200 yards range. But what he does in the passing game is going to make up for that. And I think that he finishes um, the top 12. And he could be he could be even more than that with his if you're playing a half PPR or full. Um, so I, I do like Kenyon Drake, though. And, and I, I'm going to try to get him in a couple of my leagues as well. Jordan, who do you got at 12? So for my final spot of the podcast, my top 12, I actually, and yo, this was actually hard because I am low on him, but I'm trying to look at the bright side of him. Okay. And I got Nick Chubb at number 12. That's your boy, though. It's my boy, man. I think that, I think that another one like him, I think that Nick Chubb is a top seven talent yep. within the entire league. Yeah, like too. if he just had a better situation, you it, you take Nick Chubb and you put him on the Cowboys. I think he replicates what Zeke is able to do. Yes, he does. I really do think. I think he's that good. I think he has Zeke level talent. Um, but unfortunately, he's on the Browns, <laughs> and the Browns made it even worse by incorporating Kareem Hunt, and I think Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to have an even bigger role than he did at the end of the season, last season. So that's why I'm a little apprehensive to uh, place Nick Chubb within my top 12. But I think Nick 12, I mean, Nick 12. (laughs) I think Nick Chubb is that good. I think Nick Chubb is such a solid rusher that they might be, I think they are going to be able to incorporate both of them and be able to feed both of them. I think that um, Kareem Hunt will be that third down back who plays more of the receiver role. Mm-hmm. But I think Nick Chubb is the workhorse. So Nick Chubb is going to be that guy that's on first and second down who's re- taking all of the workload, doing all the dirty work. He's the guy that's going to be there on you know three to go for touchdown. He's going to be there in, in the game running your touchdowns for you. He's, gonna, he's, he's that guy. Um, so I think that... Although I feel like Nick Chubb should be rated higher, his situation isn't um, as opportunistic as we would want it to be. Um, so he does gain the number 12 spot for me. I I would put Nick Chubb. I think I have Nick Chubb at 13. Um, and I agree with you that Kareem Hunt scares me a lot, bro. Like he... It, a lot of people forget that it's Kareem Hunt we're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, he got suspended and whatever. He might have hit somebody like most running backs do, <laughs> but he is nasty, bro. So he had thirty-seven catches last year in eight games. So that puts him on a pace of seventy-four catches. So that is a lot of work going to Kareem Hunt. That's not going to um, Nick Chubb and. In the receiving game, that obviously, if you're playing half or full point PPR, 
that's a lot of receptions that are not going to your lead back. Um, and he can he's gonna get carries too. So I feel like the um excuse me, what am I saying? The presence of Kareem Hunt is gonna put a small damper, although it being small, it's enough to not put him in my top twelve. Um and I think that, that Baker Mayfield is gonna have a little bit of a bounce back and they're gonna be throwing it a little bit more so that it can't it doesn't allow Nick Chubb, although being very talented, one of the best running backs in the league, uh talent wise, to t- keep him outside of outside of my top ten in a borderline top twelve player. Um so that's our top twelve rankings. We're just gonna go through real quick as some of the guys that we could see being in our top twelve come season's end but are not in our top 12 initially and um i'll go first a guy that i think can be can finish top 12 right off the bat for me is todd Gurley. um i am pretty high on todd Gurley. i hate saying this on a podcast because he's one of my like sleeper running backs but whatever cats out of the bag um he i feel like because the falcons offense is so good like you were saying, like you like running backs that are on good teams. He's on a pretty solid team, especially offensively. So, and it it's Todd Gurley. Like him on a on a uh, talent level is probably top five in the league. Todd Gurley can do anything you need him to do as a running back. So him in that offense with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and they have a solid tight end now in Hayden Hurst. Um, I think he can he can jump into that top twelve or top ten, right? I'm pretty I'm I'm I feel like I'm more high on Todd Gurley than a lot of guys right now. Um and I think he's gonna have a pretty good season and could finish in that upper echelon of, of running backs. What do you think? Yeah, so Todd Gurley was definitely one of my picks also, uh, for people that I think that's going to fit that could finish within the top twelve. For all the same reasons that you already stated, so I won't touch on it too much more. Yep. Um, but I really do think that that Atlanta offense is potent. I've talked about it before in the quarterbacks episode, um, and I think that Todd Gurley will be as long as he stays healthy. As yeah. long as he stays healthy, I'm not gonna say maybe. I'm saying he will finish as a top twelve running back yeah. if he stays healthy. Um, so then my pick for someone who I think that is going to finish top twelve. Um, is actually Leonard Fournette, okay. and I is not has lesser to do with his um ability than it does in his opportunity. Yeah. Um, crazy. I dare you to name the running back after. Him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like it. He has so much opportunity ahead of him, and it stinks that he's on such a bad team. Yeah. You know, another team that's probably going to be in the race for the number one draft pick. But he's all they got. You know, it's him and DJ Chark, and that's pretty much it as far as talent goes. Um, so I think that Leonard Fournette could end up finding himself in the number 12 spot off of uh, off of just opportunity alone. Yeah. Now, I feel you on that, too. Leonard Fournette is obviously a talented running back, but his opportunity is cr- – he's almost in that, in that um, same space that – Maurice Jones Drew was in Jacksonville. Like they don't have a great running, uh, great quarterback, don't have great receivers, but Maurice Jones Drew is going to get the ball 
he's going to get a whole bunch of yards, touches, and touchdowns, and there's nothing a defense can do about it because that's all they have to do is try to stop him, and they can't. And I feel like Leonard Fournette has that ability, so I, I agree with you on, on Leonard Fournette. Um, another guy, just before we get off, that I was thinking his his ADP is wildly too low right now um, is Mark Ingram, bro. Like he, Mark Ingram on the Baltimore Ravens is – the number one running back on the Baltimore Ravens who had the number one rushing offense in the league right now with paired with Lamar Jackson, obviously. Um, and I don't know why he's falling. So lo- are people really that afraid of JK Dobbins? Like I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know, but like, I guess you could be afraid of JK Dobbins cause he is good. And he's probably at this point, a better running back than Mark Ingram. I just feel like for his ADP, Mark Ingram's going a little bit too low being the number one running back on the number one rushing team. That's just me. I'm not saying that J.K. Dobbins couldn't, you know, take over halfway through the season or anything like that. But that is a very solid value pick, I think, um, taking Mark Ingram as your, you know, running back two or in a flex spot or something like that. Not Definitely not your, number, your RB1, but... In some type of capacity on your starting roster, I think that could be a viable option late in the draft. So if you're going wide receiver heavy or want to go some type of combo, if you're doing super flex of QB and tight end or whatever, if you're slacking on running backs, Mark Ingram is not a bad a bad option to go with. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got for the top twelve and some of the sleepers that we got. Of course, we'll be going to be doing more sleeper episodes and stuff like that, but. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. That wraps up our running back rankings episode. We will be posting uh, our individual or our combined rankings, I should say, a consensus uh, cover 32 running back rankings. Uh, please go subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, whatever you listen to your podcast on. Uh, go on Instagram on our page, you know, like up all those posts, uh, follow the page, shout it out, whatever you can do. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Um, and we thank you guys for, for tuning in every week, every time we put out new content. And also, let us know what you want to hear from us. Um, if you guys have questions, if you guys have stuff you want to see more out of the page, more on the shows, if you want more guests, whatever you whatever you got, uh, let us know. And just a, little, just a little hint, we will be doing giveaways soon. So don't worry. Yeah, we've been asking you to follow and do all this stuff. Don't worry. You, as, along with the advice, you'll be getting something uh in return uh based on based on what we what we have planned for you guys so um just keep listening keep subscribing liking following and uh keeping this train rolling guys but from uh from jordan and from drew you listen to cover 32 and we'll catch you guys on the next episode peace